Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. We appreciate you spending some time with us, and we will make it worth your while. This edition is sponsored by the Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, ticker symbol MOTO. For more information, head to MOTOETF.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the Faculty Chair of Autonomous Vehicle Engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Nice to have you with us. And with us for this special edition from Waymo is Assistant General Counsel Dan Smith. Thanks for taking the time to join us, Dan. Thank you very much, Fred. Very glad to be here and really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about these important subjects. A really a pleasure having you with us. And this is the most important project topic. I mean, it is the topic. Well, Waymo, as many of you know in our audience, uh, started out as the autonomous car project at Google and has really been leading the pack when it comes to providing autonomous mobility, taking a, a careful approach at the same time. Maybe you can give our audience just a little more background about what you're doing in Arizona and elsewhere, Dan. Sure. Thank you, Fred. And as I said, I really do appreciate the opportunity for, for Waymo to, to speak to these issues on, on your broadcast. It's, it's really um, an interesting broadcast that you, you both um, present and provide. You've had um, some recent guests of, of great stature, um, uh, Kirsten Korosak, uh, John Rich from Ford, my good friend Nat Buse from Uber ATG. So I'm, I'm, I'm humbled to be part of, part of the broadcast. But you, you asked, Fred, what, what we're really doing in uh, in Arizona, um, I, I think uh, you know, uh, but to be clear, on October 8th, we opened our driverless service uh, to, to members of the public, uh, resuming a service that we had had uh, underway uh, earlier in the year and um, had paused for a while uh, due to the pandemic. Um, the, uh, at the time that we were, um, uh, we were first offering the service uh, for several weeks, uh, we were uh, doing driverless rides, that is um, uh, essentially uh, uh, providing uh, transportation as a service uh, to, to many, many people in, in our operational design domain um, in Arizona. Um, we were doing 1,000 to 2,000 rides per week, um, and, and 5 to 10% of those were uh, completely driverless. We've resumed the service. We're, we're ramping um, back up. Uh, starting October the 8th, um, and, and again, it's uh, a service that's available to, um, uh, to the public. We're, we're opening it more and more um, as, as capacity becomes available, but it's a service that people use to go about their daily business, uh, to go to the grocery store, to you know, go to a doctor's appointment, to go wherever they need to go. Um, and uh, again, it's the first uh, we're aware of in, in the world where the public is able to, uh, to actually hail a vehicle uh, that arrives with no human driver, but with our Waymo driver, the automated driving system in control, and safely take that vehicle to where they want to go. That, to me, that is, that is uh, an amazing accomplishment. I mean, that is what all this technology, at least my point of view on it, is supposed to be delivering. That's the value proposition. I mean, you've become a transit operator. I, I know you may not want that, but in fact, you have, and 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 an excellent one in that, in in that you are demand responsive. 
you're actually providing transit from where people are to where they want to go when they want to go. Oh my goodness. I mean, you know, that's really wonderful. Uh, constraint to an operational design domain. Well, of course, I mean, you know, constraint, of course, and it's important. It's not every, cars can't go everywhere. Even the cars that I drive can't go everywhere. Even though when they sell to me, they sort of indicate that I can go climb as I like to say the great wall with it, but I can't. Okay. But within that, and to do it with, without a driver is to me, the only way to have an opportunity to deliver this affordably to the general public. That, to me, that is a different business proposition that I don't know to you or to whatever, but at least that's, that's the value that I see. Well, thank you, Alan. And whatever label you put on it, I mean, we generally uh, refer to it as a, as a passenger service or transportation right. sure. as a service. Of course. But I'm, I'm glad you, you, you obviously recognize, given your expertise, the importance of the whole ODD or operational design domain uh, concept. Um, these vehicles, um, um, you know, a lot, a lot of vehicles are out there uh, today um, in, in the market with lesser systems, um, in which the driver, of course, is still um, uh, is still in the loop and, and has to remain attentive and so forth. Um, this um, uh, system, an automated driving system, particularly at um, at the level at which we're talking about it, um, performs the entire driving task by itself. Um, it is not reliant in any way on, on human intervention um, uh, to perform uh, the driving task safely. So, yeah, we think it's 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 really uh, an important um, uh, step to to be able to offer the service um, to the public in real time. Um, but again, the 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 idea is um, to do it in a way uh, where we're ready to offer a service in a particular domain. Um, and, and not uh, to get ahead of ourselves. Well, as, as I look at it, and, and, you know, this is a discussion, but as I look at it, um, when, I, when I drive one of the other systems, I'm responsible. I'm the one that bought it. I'm the one that's responsible. I'm the one that has to get insurance for it. I'm the one that turns it on, turns it off. And if anything goes south, they come to me. I'm responsible, Okay. Whereas what you've developed and what you're putting out there is somehow you reach the point to say, I'm going to do all that for somebody and I'm not going to hold them responsible. I'm going to be responsible. I'm the responsible, um, meaning I'm putting myself at Waymo. And Waymo's responsible for delivering that. You don't have anybody to point to and say, oh, no, I mean – you know, doggy, I, I always like to use doggy eats my homework because that's what my students tell me when they, they're late with their homework. Even at Princeton, whatever. But, you know, how did, how did you, I, I really like, how did you get to the point which you say, yeah, we, we're going to, this is one's on us. We're delivering the mobility. Okay? Right. Yeah. Well, and, first of all, let me ask, hopefully that, background noise in which you hear uh, hopefully that's not disturbing to you i don't know if you can hear it or not but we're, we're not um, even hearing it we're, we're not hearing it <laughs> great 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 there's someone out there doing leaf blowing or, or oh or yeah something. well of course i mean it's a beautiful uh, day here in the northeast right. Got to get rid of those leaves, right? <laughs> it's just time to do it. 
Yeah, um, of course. <laughs> yeah. What you're asking, um, Alan, or should I call you Dr. K? Which no, no, Alan, Alan, no, please, please, no, um, Dr. So, K is good too. Um, I think what you're asking is, is about the readiness portion of our safety framework. Right. Um, we explained in the document that we put out on October 30th, our methodologies document, uh, that we've got a whole um, family of uh, interrelated safety methodologies, which we use every day. Um, we're working on different different platforms, you know, our VIA platform for trucking. We're we're working, of course, with the service we have in Arizona. We're uh, we're, we're we're testing in San Francisco and and, and so forth. But before we make a decision, like particularly the important decision of taking the driver out, we combine all of those methodologies um, to to find their outputs with regard to that particular operational design domain. Um, we, um, uh, we have the driving history from testing with the driver um, in that particular ODD. Um, we have um, all of the analyses that we went through in our methodologies document in terms of having simulated what a deployment would look like um, in that particular ODD. And then um, the great engineers at Waymo, not I, um, I am not one, but the great engineers at Waymo along with um, our top um, our top managers in the, in the safety area uh, make the decision that, yeah, we're, we're ready. Um, we understand that that we have been able to address um, the uh, the risks that we've identified um, and and prioritized. Uh, we understand that any residual risk um, is um, is at a reasonable level. You know, we aren't going out there um, uh, again uh, getting too forward uh, far forward on our skis. Um, we um, have used all those methodologies. Uh, to come to the point where we have great confidence in our automated driving system to be able to handle that driving task within its operational design domain for which it's designed um, and uh, to, uh, to do so safely. And um, as, as a result, uh, that's not, I mean, that's not a lightly arrived at decision. Um, that is a decision in our case that, you know, we've been at this for, for more than a decade now. Um, so, and, and before um, any uh, such uh, deployment in which the public is going to get into vehicles without a driver, we have done all of the analyses, all of the testing, um, and all of the, uh, essentially our own, uh, developed our own safety case to, uh, to, uh, to ensure as far as possible that, that our confidence is warranted in, in what we're putting out there. But, but that information is being provided to basically all the way up to the top, right? I mean, I mean, all the way up to the top because because I like to say sort of, you know, you're betting the ranch on this. Well, in, again, it's- In the, some sense, you're betting the ranch that this is going to work and it's not going to come back and really bite you. I, I mean, otherwise they wouldn't let you, nobody's going to let you pull the driver out of there, right? I mean, or, or do, am I over- over dramatizing the whole darn thing. No, I, you know, betting the ranch is not a term of art in. Yeah, uh, in no, yeah, it's not one of our methodologies. Yeah, no, of course uh, it's but, not. Of uh, course it's not. But you know, nobody but, bets the ranch unless they have a sure winner. You know, they are certain that sucker's not going to go south. But, right? Uh, no, the whole the whole um, purpose of the safety methodologies, which yeah. we and, and many others employ, although ours is. 
uh, developed based on our experience with with uh, input learning from from so many so many others. Um, the whole idea is to get to the point um, where there is a sound basis for determining uh, that readiness. And um, if, in fact, in, in the review that occurs before that next step, whatever that next step is, um, if something is revealed that um, that in engineering judgment, good safety judgment is not quite ready, then it's not going to happen. Right. Uh, then it's then it's back to address um, whatever significant risk was uh, was identified through the, the very various methodologies that that we've described. Um, and we've got you know a very high um, high-level um, officials who are informed and um, and are participating in in making those decisions, um, and that's why governance, uh, our, our high level of governance, is is important part of this. Um, it's not uh, um, uh, two engineers and a lawyer deciding now we're ready. It's it is as you say, it's the investment of the entire company um, uh, in in deciding through its organized. Um, solid processes that, yeah, we're really ready to do this. Well, that, that's what I like so much about the, the reports that you recently published, because it's, at least as I read them, again, you know, who am I? I'm some sort of whatever academic, but as, 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 I, as I read them, they look, look to me like they were, it was information that was, that was being presented to individuals who, who are look, or who have the responsibility to, to deliver as safely as they can a system and that in fact it was targeted to them to understand the, the substance behind that, that process so that they can make the appropriate decision for the company going forward as opposed to what may be sort of not public relations or something like that or for other purposes and and that's that's what i thought was 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 really good about it and and certainly as i read it I'm, oh my goodness you know this is this is really solid and if i would have had the opportunity to have a vote i would have voted yeah yes we're ready uh, again because this is such an important decision to make as long as you have somebody in there ready to take over you have somebody not that you can blame but you know you somebody that 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 is giving you when you pull that person that person doesn't exist anymore you got to be able to go from here to here and deliver that i mean you, you got to actually do it right absolutely um the, the system becomes the driver yeah. and uh, without without a backup driver w without a backup driver without somebody you can point to which is really tough well, Dan, right. one of the things that you talked about um, in, in a statement was the importance of this and hoping that the transparency that you're showing here is going to lead to greater openness within the industry as a whole. Uh, have you heard of any response other than from people like Alan and, and, and others who are keen observers here? Well, the, the keen observers, as you say, Fred, have, have been um, quite um, positive in, in terms of what we we did put out there. Um, other companies are at different stages of their development and have different things that they may want to be transparent about, and, and, and that's their judgment. But, you know, we really think we are an industry leader, and we wanted uh, to lead not just in the technology, but in explaining how the technology works and explaining um, how the company makes very... Uh, critical decisions 
uh, in terms of in terms of how to move forward. So, um, you know, to some degree, there's never enough information. In other words, um, to some degree, people always want more. But I think I think our, da- our data paper was was really uh, a special a special step. You know, the the, the other paper we issued um, on October 30th, which which delved into the actual uh, performance um, of the automated driving system in that particular. Uh, ODD, and and so we, we thought that was um, uh, revealing in a way that we, we have not seen um, from others, but um, someday perhaps we will. Yeah, well, that, that was ahead, that man. was my my reaction to it is that you you revealed it and you you revealed it not that you would reveal it dishonestly, but you revealed it to what seemed to me to be an internal group who really had to struggle, who was responsible be, uh, to make the decision and had to struggle to make sure that in fact, yes, you're ready and, and, and was presented in a way to, to inform them, to allow them to either raise their hand or not raise their hand or whatever the process was that, that you ended up going through. And, and that's, that's what I really appreciated about what you put out there. Now you had a damn good story to tell. Okay, you've done a damn good job. I mean, I mean, stuff works. Well, and we are what? We're we're a month in since you've started this, right? Haven't heard anything from you. It's great. I don't want to hear anything from any. I don't want to hear anything from. from right? It's working, isn't it? You didn't stop. It, it definitely <laughs> working. But as I said, the the, the idea of all these methodologies, yeah. um, uh, because as everybody who's commented and and is is no knowledgeable in the area um, points out at the beginning whether it's um, the safety first group or or whether it's rand or wherever uh, anybody involved in transportation safety as i've been for, for more than 40 years understands that you once you start moving uh the the laws of, of physics mean there is some risk yeah and of course the whole idea is to is to is to identify and know what the hazards are identify the risks um address the serious risks um, and and make a, an engineering based um, uh, judgment uh, on, on whether or not you're, you're ready. For it. So um, yeah, I, I, I'm glad that you found what we put out there um, helpful because the whole idea was to hey let's go a step deeper than our than our safety reports, uh, which were for more of a general audience, uh, without getting without getting too hyper technical. But let's really explain. Um, how we use all these methodologies in a complementary way um, and, and then get to the point where we can actually make um, an educated decision um, about our readiness for whatever that next step is. Well, it's interesting, Dan, in a wake, because you started this when in the spring with some of the vehicles going completely driverless. And then along comes the pandemic in, in, in full bloom. And things came to a stop. So tell us how you use that time. And then when you come back in October, you're saying we're going to have for at least a time, if I understand correctly, all of the vehicles without a safety driver, driverless. We're, we're now offering uh, driverless trips. Um, uh, I, I think to, to a greater percentage, if not completely, but what your point, Fred, is what happened in the interim and, and I think the, the important thing to understand there is that's where simulation comes in. Um, our uh, engineers 
Um, and again, I can't applaud them enough. They're, they're just brilliant people, wonderful to work with, um, best in the business, whether the software engineers or whether they come from uh, another uh, tech field or whether they come from um, uh, you know, the auto industry itself. They come from a variety of, uh, of, of uh, different backgrounds. But with our simulation tools, um, we were able to continue um, during that period when the, when the vehicles, due to the pandemic, were not actually um, on the roads for a while, uh, we were able to continue to be using um, our simulation tools to discover um, other um, potential scenarios that, that might be a risk, to discover um, other, other areas where we might need to um, address a, or mitigate a particular um, hazard and so forth. And so the learning continued, even though the vehicles weren't running. And um, so we were able to, uh, to move um, quite readily once the vehicles were, were back on the road um, to, to make the, the readiness decision. So with the pandemic, unfortunately, now, now back uh, in, in many parts of the country, almost worse than before, any danger that uh, you may not be able to continue the work that's going on now? Uh, not that I know of, Fred. I mean, you know, our we've got a great um, health and safety organization as part of our safety uh, office, and um, they have um, done everything uh, possible, I think, to to address uh, the risks um, to uh, to employees and passengers and so forth that the pandemic um, might might present. And so, um, obviously, we're going to abide by all the. Um, requirements of whatever jurisdiction we're operating in, but then we're going to go beyond that in terms of, uh, in terms of looking out for the safety of our passengers and um, and, and our uh, drivers who are still in, of course, in some of our vehicles, particularly in, in, in California. So um, again, we'll abide by what what the rules are. Right. If, sure. if, if in a particular jurisdiction, um, you know, something happens to um, to delay uh, what's going on, then then obviously we'll follow that restriction. But right now we don't we don't see that that another shutdown is inevitable. And Alan, Alan and I had talked before about the, during the pandemic that companies like yours w- would be able to use the time without pressure, really, to, to have these vehicles out there to really take a look at what's going on. And it sounds like you made terrific use of that of that interim period. Yeah, our engineering staff just didn't stop. You know, they they just um, they had the tools to, to to keep on doing what they what they needed to do, and and they did so. In some sense, that may be a silver lining of COVID. Not that we want to find any silver linings or and so on, but but yes, uh, I mean it, it did give you the opportunity. You probably had the opportunity to use your test facilities uh, and so on, your your private test facilities, and and uh, to to improve that. And of course, uh, I guess last week, uh, Rand put out uh, their sort of um, um, safe enough um, assessment uh, of, you know, the whole safety issue. And, and uh, you know, I complimented them on, on, on actually the title being safe enough as opposed, uh, nothing's perfect except for, the, except for you. Yeah, but you know, not, nothing, nothing's perfect, and and so. Well, Alan, my family doesn't say that. So I'm sorry, I'm glad <laughs> but you know, life's life's a risk, and you know, whatever, and a whole bunch of other things associated with that. And I think it's it's really, really a, a, a very good that they came out with that. 
the importance of getting really the perception of these being safe. And of course, the other piece that I sort of commented on their report, one can't only look at the, at the, at the risks associated with this. One, look, one has to look at what are we getting for that? What's the mobility that we're able to provide for that? You know, because in a sense, uh, you know, the reward has to be part of it. And, the, and to me, the reward of being able to pull the driver is it gives you the opportunity to deliver really affordable, high quality mobility to essentially anybody in your ODD. And that is what that's that to me is is the big sociological gain, gain in, in quality of life, gain in, in just value to, 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 to society. And um, talk about that a little bit, or you see it that way? Sure, yeah. Well, you know, we, we say as our, as kind of our basic uh, mission, um, that, you know, Waymo's basic mission is to, to make it safe and easy for people and things to get where they're going. I mean, that yeah. sounds simplistic, but that's, that's the purpose. And then our philosophy, uh, safety philosophy, which is mentioned in the papers, um, talks about reducing uh, traffic injuries uh, and deaths um, as we responsibly um, scale. Right. Um, so those all fit with what you're talking about in terms of increasing mobility. You mentioned RAND. RAND does, has done some great reports right. um, on automation. Um, uh, interestingly, their report came out either the day before or the day after our report, yeah. and yet went down many of the same paths in terms of exploring the various um, right. methodologies and concluding that right. there is no single uh, single factor analysis, no particular one methodology right. Right. That, that is really going to work. Um, I thought it had you know um, really really helpful analysis on on many of the issues and all of these. Um, uh, various analyses talk about the importance of simulation given the, the vastness of, sure. uh, of, of, of the driving task and, and how much you, you can learn from that. But again, mo mobility is, is, and safety are, are what it's all about. Um, and, and so the applications for mobility are obviously with regard to passengers. And I know it's a huge interest of yours to ensure um, mobility with regard to particularly underserved communities and so forth, which, yeah. which have mobility challenges right now. Um, hopefully we can, you know, uh, uh, play a role in that. Certainly we've enhanced mobility where we, where we are. We want you to come to Trenton. Okay. I mean, I, I mean, you know, uh, and, and try that the operational design domain. I think to me, what, what you, the other thing that you did though, in your operational design domain, you did it over and over and over and over again with a human overseer. And I think reached a point to say, we didn't need that person or we don't need that person in there going forward. That person really wasn't helpful. That's to me what I read. And to me, that that's the key. Okay, then let's pull them. As soon as we pull that person, it as again, changes everything with respect to the ability to to, to provide mobility on a continuing basis without forever alms for the poor, or alms for the poor, you know, we can do it affordably. Why? Because I know it's expensive now for you to do the LIDARs and all that stuff and da 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 does. But that's all, that's all Moore's Law stuff. The cost of those things is going to zero. 
the replication cost of that software is going to zero as you scale. You have you have an enormous opportunity to deliver this 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 enhancement of of the the fundamental quality of life to folks who haven't been able to go from A to B when they wanted to go. Because, because it just hasn't been there. They had to wait for a bus for who knows how long. It didn't go there. They had to transfer X times. What did they do? Who knows when? And so, on. I mean, that's just... Many other circumstances, too, where people would need mobility and aren't able to provide it for themselves. Dan, what, what kinds of monitoring are there when you don't have a, a safety driver on board? Uh, Fred, you know, we, we've got, um, you know, back uh, at kind of the home base, um, um, we, of course, um, have uh, a whole staff in, in terms of uh, uh, those who can go out and, um, and help if, if a vehicle, um, you know, does have a problem, needs to pull over or something like that. Um, there's communication um, with um, that staff from within the vehicle if, uh, if any passenger wants to, um, you know, has a problem of any kind, um, and and wants to ask a question, they can they can be an immediate uh, voice contact with uh, uh, with our our, our staff. Um, in in terms of our roadside assistance staff, and 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 in terms of our um, rider assistance group, um, they can, um, you know, th there's no, um, uh, I, I wouldn't wouldn't call it monitoring because that certain has certain connotations, mm -hmm. but um, our, our folks um, uh, in our roadside assistance group and in our, uh, our dispatch group um, are aware of, of the location of every vehicle that's on the road at all times. Um, they are not in any way driving those vehicles. This is not a remote driving operation, but they are in, in uh, constant um, uh, contact and awareness of where those, those vehicles are. Uh, anybody in the vehicle has a problem, um, they can be in immediate contact. Um, if the vehicle, for whatever reason, uh, needs to actually pull over, stop somewhere, um, then we can get roadside assistance out there um, quite, uh, quite quickly. Um, and of course, uh, our remote assistance can, can also help the vehicle, if the vehicle itself as a question, you know, um, here is uh, here is a, a, a new road configuration uh, due to, um, to to something that just just popped up with confusing um, um, uh, work areas and, and so forth. So rather than um, um, make a guess, I, I want to see if I can get some some assistance from other eyes. Not to do the driving. I really want to underscore it's not driving, but yeah. but um, the vehicle itself can can quickly seek some assistance from somebody who can actually. Um, see what's going on out there. But we don't have, you know, it's more like air traffic control. Um, it's not remote control. Yeah, and, and th that's an enormous value proposition to, 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 to your customer. I mean, your customer, um, I have, I have anxiety, <laughs> Dan. I have anxiety. I mean, you've got to provide for me some anxiety relief, right? Mm -hmm. And and all this is the hey, so that I have a comfortable ride. I'd say, yeah, hey, that's good. That's great. I I feel safe. I mean, to, you know, that, that's that's <laughs> you know, don't give me a bunch of man. As long as I feel safe, and anything you can do to 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 help that. So that the rider yeah. is whatever is is just it's it's part of it's part of delivering the service. I mean, you're you're in the service business, right? <laughs> and, right. Well, absolutely. Right. Um, uh, and, and 
there's, there's another aspect of the business that fortunately doesn't depend on me, um, uh, along with uh, engineering, but our user experience people are outstanding. And um, yeah, the engineers are going to make that make make the vehicle work um, correctly um, and, and, and safely uh, without unreasonable risk. But our user experience folks are doing exactly what you're talking about. It's like, how, how do we how do we make sure that people are, in fact, comfortable? How do we make sure they've got whatever communication they need to have? I will say that um, when you do get in a vehicle and it's and it's it's pretty astounding the first time the vehicle rolls up with no one in it stops right in front of you and the door opens um, and you climb in. Um, and uh, it's, it, you know, anxiety dissipates real quickly. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what we like. And, uh, but, you know, there is that anxiety, as we said in the paper, there's been um, uh, trillions of miles traveled by billions of people, always with a human behind the wheel. And, so yeah, yeah. and people need to, need, need to have the opportunity to get used to it. And, and we're providing that opportunity. Yeah, it's I'm never, sh- it's I'm, never I'm, a surprise, though, right? I mean, people have signed consent agreements and et cetera. Well, again, I'm not, I'm not privy to all of all of the. I mean, I, I I'm, I'm someone else in our in our legal staff really deals with all of the um, the agreements that are uh, right. that are signed. The the app, you know, it's like any app um, that that you would use to hail a vehicle has certain um, certain portions of it. But I, I don't want to, to misinform you in terms of what's right. actually in, in the app. Um, but you have every opportunity to know that because you you know who the customer is. You know whether or not you've served that customer. You probably know whether or not you've appropriately uh, prepped them for this and, and for anticipation. Why should they be surprised? I mean, you know, there's no right. reason. Uh, they, they should be. So I'm, sh- I'm sure you've done that. I mean, to me, that's that's a straightforward piece. The, the other piece of this thing is, is that is that, you know, for, for people, for your customers who are going going from A to B, they're probably going to go someplace to get in, maybe not very far. And then once they get out, they're going to have to go someplace, maybe not very far to get to where they go. But those pieces of the trip are also in some sense on you. You've got to make sure that in some sense, maybe you don't got to make sure, but, but I'm sure you're concerned about making sure that, that the whole thing is a, is a pleasant thing, right? I mean, they're your customers. You want to hit them a favor, you know, you want them to hit the favor button, the five-star button, the whatever button, right? Right. Well, the whole pickup and drop-off um, experience yeah. is, is something that, that our product team and um, yeah. our user experience folks focus a whole lot of energy on. Um, and, and are very, very uh, good, um, excellent at trying to figure out exactly how to make that experience one that is um, in, enjoyable and, and uh, confidence producing uh, from, yeah. from beginning to end. Um, and so that, again, the, the methodologies paper, uh, as you pointed out, focuses on getting there safely, uh, yeah. not getting into the vehicle, not getting out of the vehicle, not connecting with the vehicle. That, all of that is very important, as you're pointing out. Very important, and I think I think you know you've look. Hey, you're there doing it. Nobody else is. Okay. Um, we hope that's 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 the bottom we, line. That's doing. the bottom line, and 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 we're not hearing anything about it, which is beautiful. <laughs> and 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 and. Uh, and, and of course, uh, you know, uh, hope that you get to the point where you're increasing your operational design domain so that one's doing this for scale, right? 
I mean, one's, you're not doing this for onesie twosies, are you? I mean, well, I mean well, right? I mean, yes, you know, <laughs> we coined the phrase purposeful gradualism. In the, yeah, in good, the great. That's good. Yeah, yeah. But, but, not just gradualism um, for its own sake. It's, yeah. it's very purposeful. It's learning um, what an ODD of a various type is, is about. You know, um, we've got a, a particular kind of ODD with its own challenges. Um, in the Phoenix area, we've got you know um, new ODD that we're we're working on um, and, and learning in San Francisco. We've been operating in other parts of the Bay Area for a long time. We operate in Detroit um, and and suburban Detroit um, and several other cities. I think we've operated in ten yeah. cities yeah. Um, or, or twenty five cities, ten states or something. Um, so we're learning these various types of operational uh, design domains. Um, and as that learning picks up um, and uh, we begin to have um, continued success in different ODDs, then uh, we'll have uh, clearly the, uh, the knowledge and experience base to, to, to expand um, um, beyond where we are. But, but we, we know there's some impatience uh, on the part of, of some in terms of We're impatient. It, <laughs> in terms of how long it takes to um, to get to the point where you, you take the driver out and you provide the, the mobility service but um, we'd, we'd rather uh, do it uh, do it safely of course. Um, yeah, yeah you have to do it safely not rather you have to. I mean right I mean you know you're Correct. stuck you're stuck I mean you got it. <laughs> Right. We will continue in just a moment, but this is a good time to remind you about our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF, symbol MOTO. To get more info, head to MOTOETF.com. On the website there, check out the white paper. It's called The Smart Transportation Revolution. It's under the Insights and News tab. Great information there to help you make informed decisions. You may know ETFs uh, can be a smart way to spread risk with investments and focus on a particular category of stocks. So the site again is MOTOETF.com. We're back with our guest, Dan Smith, Assistant General Counsel on Waymo. Such great information, Dan. And you mentioned branching out um, as you look beyond the Phoenix suburbs. What kinds of things are you looking for, looking at in, in deciding where to go? Besides, uh, besides, besides Alan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I knew that Alan was going was gonna to pop a question. Yeah, of course. Yeah, So as I say, we're, uh, we're looking at different kinds of operational design domains. That, that present different challenges that, that we need to need to master. And, and San Francisco is close to home, close to, um, to um, the, uh, the Waymo home in Mountain View. Um, but also um, it, it uh, presents uh, uh, new kinds of uh, dense urban challenges that we, that we hope to be able to master. Um, and because of its proximity, um, uh, it, it makes good sense for us. But, um, you know, there are, are a whole series of markets and I'm not in the product group and they're excellent in terms of figuring out where it makes sense to expand next. Um, I'm really focused on, on you know, uh, law and, and safety. Um, but um, I, I think, you know, so it's a combination, uh, Fred, in terms of uh, where we go next of, you know, what really makes sense in, in, in a business sense 
and is the technology ready to go uh, to that to that place? And so, um, you know, we're as I said, we're we, we've been in um, you know ten different states, twenty five different um, towns and cities. Um, but uh, you know, you know, recently there was a decision just yesterday from the California Public Utilities Commission yeah. that that opens the door um, to a driverless service uh, now in California, which which had not yet um, been opened. And so the, the ability to charge for it rather than just yeah, for free. Right, right, right. It's a big thing. It's ability to do a business. I mean, if if this isn't a business, then I mean, come on. I, you know, then then let Washington do it, or you know, I, and they're not going to. Never mind. I won't go there. <laughs> but but yeah, Fred, I, I don't have any any greater um, clarity for you, um, other than to say that um, again, we're focusing on getting the technology um, to a very very high level. Um, um, safety and, and reliability um, in different kinds of uh, operational environments, and and we're doing that. You know, we talk to a lot of people too about the different public opinion polls and things like that uh, that show people confused about uh, auto automated vehicles and, and such. Certainly, you've done your part here with with transparency, but the message to the public at large about what this is all about what is it what would you tell them from waymo's perspective uh, from waymo's perspective um i would basically say that it is important to understand what we and others um at a certain level of automation are providing and that is um, uh, a uh, driving experience a riding experience in in which you do not have um, a driving role um, in, a, in a vehicle that someday could be of mixed use, you may choose to have that role. But in other words, I think what, what we would want to tell the public is we're trying to provide, and, and we are, in fact, uh, already in, um, in particular locations, um, providing the driver for you. We're providing a safe driver for you. And, um, and that's not to be confused with um, ADAS and, and lower levels of, of automation in which um, the, whatever one might, might call the system, um, it still requires uh, driver input. So I think um, the, and, and driver um, uh, attention uh, and so forth. We're, we're providing, um, developing and, and now deploying uh, a, a, a system that is designed to handle that whole task. I'm not sure if that's helping Fred, but basically that's the distinction I think the consumer needs to understand. Well, yeah, you know, because it, many of the polls, when we when we talk about them, Alan, the point is that while people may say, oh, I don't like this, I'm afraid of it or whatever, the the follow up is they really don't know very much about it. They, they don't know. It's it's hard to describe it. The, 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 they've been looking at, at uh, Sunday supplements who know whatever and, and uh, everybody's confusing everybody else, it seems like, and and trying to make their system be something that it really isn't and so on. I mean, to me, the, the, the key thing is who's responsible. If it's a driver assistance thing that I buy, I'm responsible. I've got to maintain it. I've got to, anything goes bad, it's on me and they come and get me. Whereas if you're providing the mobility for you, for me, then you're the one that's accepting that. 
you picked it up. You say, hey, you know, you're my customer. This is how I'm going to treat you. And, 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 and I'm the one that's responsible for making sure that that happens. I'm, I mean, you know, I'm sure everybody understands what I'm trying to say here. That's an enormously different situation. Right. And, <laughs> and I know your, your aversion to SAE levels. Um, <laughs> they, I, I, I terrible. hate to the subject. Yeah. <laughs> no, go <laughs> I, ahead. I'm, go. I'm a convert. I'm, I'm, I'm part of that, part of that group that, that works on that taxonomy. And, yeah. and, and, and but, but basically, you know, that's the line that I think people need to understand is Don't what's I? the role of of the occupant of the vehicle. Are you driving right. or are you not? That's right. the difference between um, level two and level three. Right. Um, the terminology. And I think that goes to Fred's question. We, we just, you know, we, we mentioned in our methodologies paper that we're aware of concerns on the part of the public, of course, um, in, in terms of removing um, um, the, the driver. But we just want to make sure that in shaping that public perception that the public is made aware of the, the real distinctions between what's now available in the market, uh, which are ADAS systems and, and what we're providing um, as a transportation service um, and, and, and other companies uh, as, as well are at uh, you know, levels, levels three and, and four. Um, and although I don't know of anybody actually providing a level four uh, service um, uh, true level four service without a driver. Um, well, you but, are. You're providing level four without a driver, right? Yes, we are. I said, I don't know anyone else. I don't know any other companies. Yeah, others, that yeah, right. At this point. Right. But, but to Fred's point, I, I think, the, you know, there's just the confusion um, is, is because um, in some cases, the media, but, but, but not you folks, but, but others have kind of walked together um, uh, all automation and the lower levels of automation really have their benefits. Let's, let's be clear on that. Yeah. Um, and in fact, um, automatic emergency braking, um, even basic, you know, electronic stability control, um, line spot warning, which really isn't automation, but, but a warning, uh, but all kinds of great technologies at the lower levels are, are really important to safety. However, um, if, if, if a vehicle is not able to drive itself, um, then that needs to be made clear. That, that needs to be made clear. And in some sense, you know, the, that whole business with respect to safety of, of, of um, uh, driver assistance systems, you know, the, I, I keep saying that the, the problem with us driving is not that we're not good drivers. We're all fantastic drivers. We also think ourselves as fantastic drivers. But unfortunately, some of us misbehave. You know, and it's the darn misbehavior that's the problem. It's we either drink or we sleep or we whatever or we speed or we or have road rage or we text. I mean, that is all. That's misbehavior. I don't think your system texts. Does it? No, it does not. And does it, it drink? Do a lot of those things. That, that does, does it drink? Does, does it drink? No. It's not, not even gasoline. <laughs> you know, no, I mean, go ahead, go. Well, well, no, it, 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 it's absolutely the case that, that a, a automated driving system um, that is a capable automated driving system as, as ours is, um, and others are, are under development. I don't mean to be um, suggesting that we're the only ones yep. um, uh, who are doing great things in, in this field. But um, 
an automated driving system does not commit the basic um, uh, mistakes that even good drivers can sometimes misbehaviors. Uh, because, there mis- there yeah, are no well, mistakes. They're misbehaviors. Go ahead. Never. I'll you, say that. You, you're allowed to say very, very good drivers when they're not texting, uh, not drinking, uh, not speeding, not falling sleeping. asleep, yeah. uh, not reacting yeah. slowly. They're yeah. generally over, over, yeah. over lifetimes pretty drivers. But when you look at the crash data and you look at the predominance of those kinds of causes, speeding, drinking, um, 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 and, and so forth, and, and these days texting um, and, and, and also fatigue, uh, those things will not happen with an automated driving system. And in fact, the data paper that we put out on um, October 30th, um, along with the methodologies paper, goes into the specific uh, kinds of events, what we call contact events, that um, our vehicles were involved in within our operational design domain. Um, and it points out that um, that our vehicle did not have at any um, a- events uh, of of the kind that that account for a very large proportion of of uh, in that ODD and and nationally uh, a very large proportion of, of crashes. It, the vehicle is not running off the road. It's not um, it's not rolling over. It's not striking pedestrians and and, and cyclists and so forth, which account for um, huge proportion of, um, uh, of, of fatalities uh, in, 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 in driving. So um, again, um, it, it's important for everybody to understand that those kinds of human driving behaviors aren't possible with an automated driving, driving system, but that's not enough. You have, have to go beyond that um, to, to demonstrate that the system itself um, is capable um, um, of doing uh, what it needs to be do, doing uh, to perform safely within its, its its domain. Beyond the type of service that you, that you're offering now uh, around Phoenix in the Phoenix area, what else is what else is coming? What else is out there for you? What is what is Waymo doing? Well, good question, Fred. Um, uh, for one one big thing is is uh, is trucking. Um, uh, what we call Waymo Via um, VIA. Um, which uh, is a whole different platform, of course. Um, it's a Class 8 um, truck. Um, we've been doing this now for, for a couple of years, um, uh, testing and, and developing our, our system there. And it's an illustration of how our safety methodologies are applied every day kind of on, on different platforms. So we've been doing the passenger um, platforms now for, for more than a decade. We're only, you know, two, three years into um applying the learning to uh, a class A trucking platform, which has completely different physics um, and geometry and trailers as opposed to being a single unit uh, vehicle. And so all of that um, has to be, has to be um, taken into account in determining um, how to proceed safely with, uh, with that, that new kind of, uh, of platform. But certainly, that's that's something that is really important to us is developing um, our our role in in automated trucking, and um, so we've got a, a great um, part of our organization whose sole focus is is on trucking. Um, also, looking at at, um, at delivery, of course. I think you know we we've uh, we've entered into uh, an arrangement with the Daimler Trucks, uh, you know, outstanding uh, company. Um, to um, uh, to provide uh, trucks um, uh, that that will be automated uh, vehicles, 
Um, so that's one additional way. And then delivery services are, are kind of in between. Um, they're also um, something uh, to, to be looked at. Uh, Dan, for whatever it's worth, I, I would like to encourage you uh, to uh, for your class eight systems to actually bring them out earlier rather than later and bring them out, in fact, when they are just driver assistance systems, when you continue to have the driver in there, as opposed to in the mobility person mobility place where one, I think the, to me, the business is for people who, who can't, or for whatever reason, can't drive in the, in the class eight over, over the road trucking, those, people the people that do that i mean that's got to be one of the toughest jobs in the world okay to to basically keep that thing between two white lines and not crash as a way to feed your family you know eight ten whatever hours every day and those folks need help and in fact you know a really good driver assistance keeping them in the loop, the extraction, the, to me, the amount of benefit one gets out of extracting the person from the driver's seat or keeping him or her in there is relatively small. Why? Because you have that whole trailer full, full of expensive, valuable products. You know, you, you almost can afford to pay the driver. And in fact, you can. But the problem is, is my goodness, uh, you know, you look at any uh, act, uh, statistic on on safety of of, an, of employment. You know, driving is one of the most unsafe jobs that, that exists, and so the the opportunity to deliver value value early uh, to the trucking companies, I think, is there. So, for whatever it's worth, that, that anyway, well, you know, um, that, that's my view on that one. Yeah, well, thank you, Alan. And that um, again, our, our focus is um, is on developing a, a level four system. I'm sure there are yeah. many companies, many companies who are doing um, really great work, which is important work um, for the various reasons that you pointed out. Because um, whether it's just something as basic as blind spot detection, or, or whether it's um, heavy vehicle um, automatic uh, um, uh, emergency braking. Um, uh, all kinds of uh, other uh, sorts of things, electronic stability control for, for the larger vehicles. Um, those kinds of basic technologies are all, I think, all already, um, you know, finding greater um, uh, take rates in, uh, in, in the industry. And I, I think that helps the drivers and, yeah. and, and the rest of us on the roads with, uh, with those trucks. You're right. I mean, the long haul is, um, uh, is one of the possible business cases for, for, for automated trucking, which um, uh, would uh, relieve uh, uh, the, those drivers of perhaps the most tedious part of it, um, while um, if, if with that model, um, if if a company were to choose that that model, kind of uh, going hub to hub, uh, would would relieve the most tedious part, and, and yet uh, human drivers might might then do more of the, the drage and the final, uh, final, final delivery work. And no one knows exactly how it's all going to play out. Um, but those long miles, as you say, um, over, over uh, very long distances um, are, are very challenging for, uh, for human drivers. There's also, from what I've read, a, a shortage of, uh, yeah. of, of, uh, of drivers and, and certainly automation and trucking can, 
I mean, it's a tough job. I mean, so who wants to do it, right? Uh, you know, so that's why there's a shortage. You make it so it's more pleasant to do and, and it's better and you use the person better while you're done. You know, it, it doesn't, my view, my view is as I've looked at it and used to be doing a lot of work for trucking companies, taking the driver out is, is not as critical as it is providing the mobility to people in in communities as you're doing and and there you know you can't afford to drive but anyway whatever they're just uh, anyway dan any, any thoughts to share about the national highway Tra- traffic safety administration and their advance notice of proposed rulemaking on the safety of the future of self-driving vehicles well of course for the just emerging, that just uh, came out. This, just this just came out. Just came out. Um, yeah. And and so you know, Waymold hasn't built yeah. any yeah. any official position on it yet. But I will say this: having having read it, um, my I thought my former colleagues um, uh, at NHTSA did a did a really thorough job um, in terms of outlining um, all of the the important issues that have to be taken into consideration with regard to how to regulate um, uh, in uh, automated uh, driving system. Um, that's kind of what, what the, what the AMPRM really delved into was um, what kind of the obstacles are to, to regulating ADSs. And I will say as a, as a, as a former regulator for, for, for 37 years, that uh, it's a unique challenge because um, unlike a particular technology, um, again, like uh, electronic stability control or um, windshield wipers, which is a federal motor vehicle safety standard, um, this, is a, this is an entire driving task uh, technology, which is um, um, applied in, in separate and very different operational design domains. So the, the, the regulatory matrix is, 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 is quite large. And I think that's what, 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 the document was seeking input on was, um, is this um, this regulatory challenge something that um, can be addressed um, a, either in a holistic way or in a piecemeal way, or how, how should the regulatory agency um, get its hands around the task of regulating this this, this kind of vast subject of automated drive? Yeah, I mean, Alan, the, the, Alan, you've mentioned from time to time yeah. the possible need for a new kind of entity. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was yeah. was about to jump in and suggest. I mean, if you look at it, it, it it's a, it's done a very good job of crash mitigation. Okay, I mean, a fantastic job of regulating crash mitigation. This is crash avoidance fundamentally, which may in fact be different. It's not just an asterisk on crash mitigation, maybe. And in fact, given that it is so holistic, does it need its own mode? <laughs> I mean, should it have a whole, should it different, as opposed to, you know, putting asterisks as in baseball statistics, you know, <laughs> different length season or whatever. I don't know. I, I just thought, well, our our, our, our uh, policy office would. would yeah, would I, I know, I know, and I don't want, I don't want you to put put you know on, on that. But I will say this: yeah, that yeah. Um, when you look at the Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standards, yeah. um, um, there is a whole series of them that that deal with with crash avoidance. Even the braking standard is a yeah. crash avoidance that's standard, yeah, not a crash avoidance standard. Uh, uh, the electronic uh, stability uh, control standard, um, and and so on and so forth. That's true. And NHTSA has very 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 
um, you know, smart, experienced yeah. uh, engineers who have been delving into this um, from the time, you know, I was yeah. there before I was yeah. there and they're still, they're still studying it and, and understanding it very, 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 very well. And so, um, you know, that's, again, our policy office can, can opine on yeah, whether yeah, there yeah, yeah. Uh, should be, and that's up for, yeah, you know, yeah, the next administration sure, to sure. figure out yeah. who's, who's able to handle this. Um, but, but we mentioned trucking, um, uh, you know, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration also has a very, very large role to play. Right. Um, and um, because motor carriers are, are are very very heavily regulated, and I would say that you know with regard to level four driving, um, the 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 purpose is not so much as to remove a driver as to um, provide all of the safety that a level four system can provide. Um, in other words, if the if the driver in itself isn't going to fall asleep, isn't going to do all those things we talked about before. Um, and is really astute at, um, at, at seeing things much further away than, uh, than a human driver may and, and, and avoiding those, those, uh, those pre-crash situations, then the, the safety benefits themselves um, could be even more pronounced at level four than at the level levels. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, terrific. Uh, right. Alan, we, we need to remind people that you've still got the fourth annual Princeton Smart Driving Cars Summit. Yeah. In yep. the planning stages, it's going to be actually a series yep. this time out because of the pandemic and virtual, obviously. So uh, we want so, people yeah, to keep an eye on the website yeah, for that. We hope we can get Dan back for that and, and to do that. But yes, uh, please look out for that and uh, uh, we'll be in contact. I, I Again, instead of trying to do it in two and a half days, can't keep people's attention. I mean, if you're not feeding them and offering them beverages, uh, you know, they they tend to drift away so maybe you know a slot each week might work better again the, the objective is the objective is to get a discussion going i mean mm -hmm. to get people to think i mean yeah, there are lots of youtubes and so on and so forth people can sit there and watch i mean the, these are these are all open questions they continue to be open questions and and uh, we still have a heck of a lot of work to do. It's nice that someone has taken the first step, though. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> well, congrats, thank you. Congrats, congratulations, Dan, on yeah, yeah. all that you've been doing there, the focus on safety, the real focus on safety, and the continued success. And thank you so much for taking the time with us. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Fred and, and Alan. I, I do have to say that give credit where it's due, and that's to our outstanding um, engineering and, and safety group, yeah. our, our leadership, um, um, CEO John Patrick, and all of our executive leadership team. I I, I, I do very little uh, uh, for for the cause, um, but um, also anybody who sees this and wants more information on Waymo can go to waymo.com, particularly the safety portion there, to to see the things that we've been talking about today. Yes, please do. That you must read those reports. They are they really are must read. Well, they can find Waymo information. So Waymo. <laughs> Waymo. <laughs> Thank you to our sponsor, the Smart ETFs, Smart Transportation and Technology ETF. The ticker symbol for the ETF is MOTO. And more information is available at MOTOETF.com. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com also on Anchor FM, Spotify, TuneIn, Apple, Google, Spreaker, SoundCloud, and more. Ask your smart speaker to play us too. You can find my tech reports at textination.com. I'm Fred Fishkin along with Alan Kornhauser. Thank you for taking the time to listen or watch. And please continue to stay safe. 
and have a great weekend. And thank you so very much, Dan. Thank you very much, both of you. Do a great service. Thank you. Thank you. you.